Welcome to Hindsight Hacking. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool. And we've talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you better foresight. And now we're bringing you those same great interviews along with other mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more to get you all the tools you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic. And of course, gain more sales. So head over to GetHHM.com forward slash toolbox to get all the free resources to help you get more. And so without further ado, let's get to it. Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of Hindsight Hacking. Today we have a special guest, the one, the only, the visibility hacking queen herself, Miss Coach Molly Dorst. How are you, Molly? Hello, hello. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm super pumped to be here. I am I'm on fire today. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing great. We are so excited to have you. I know we were talking glasses earlier, but but for the people that don't know who you are, can you share a little bit of a backstory? Oh, where shall I begin? <laughs> well, I'll tell you the backstory that relates most commonly to visibility hacking. So I've been running businesses for as long as I can remember. And when I started really making like legitimate money that I could rely on, was when I was in university and I started making little buttons for people, little buttons, little patches, customized little items for the school, like for other university clubs. And it was such a cool experience because first of all, I was making money, but I was able to support these tiny little clubs that were doing great work in the community and great work for other students. And it was really cool to help them level up that visibility they had. And then I was selling more items and I started selling um, leggings and like gym clothes. And I was marketing very specifically to um, first year university students. And we were talking about staying fit and staying healthy. And when I started to get to know my people, when I started to really ask them questions about what their journey was, I realized that it was so much more than just leggings. It was so much more than just physical health. They were so into mental health. They were into meditation. They were into what I turned, what I realized was biohacking. And I realized that that relationship with my people, that was what was going to set me apart from other businesses. And then, okay, fast forward a few years and I end up in the world of digital marketing. I'm looking around and it's a pretty cool, exciting place to be from the outside. And when you start to see that there's a lot of people who are fantastic marketers, but they suck at fulfillment <laughs> and they're really great at, at hooking you and grabbing your attention and, and even grabbing your credit card numbers. But what they're actually providing is not really going to move the needle forward for anyone. And that's when I realized there was a lot more in this business and having gone through my journey and realized it's about competing, being able to compete against the big names while also running your business. Maybe you're like me and you started running your business on an ironing board in your mom's basement. But you're if you do it right, if you figure out the tricks of visibility and influence, you're able to compete against these big guys with tons of venture capital behind them. And it's because you've built your business, you've built your movement on heart, on, on connecting with other people. And so I'm obsessed with this. I am obsessed with helping visionary leaders and speakers and coaches and, and people who have a message to share with the world. I am obsessed with helping them get that message out and make money doing it. Yeah. Wow. 
Perfect. Perfect. All right. So for those of you watching, those of you tuning in, uh, wherever you're tuning in at, uh, we love you. Thank you so much. But who is Coach Molly? Uh, Molly just mentioned she is on a mission to help change the world, helping visionary leaders stand up, speak out, and embrace their wild ideas. I love that quote, so I had to say it. Uh, but who is Molly? She's an international and speaker and branding expert. Uh, she is a serial podcast ho host, which I love and think she's a little crazy for. She is the visibility hacker herself and advocate for small businesses. And for those of you that know us, you know we are all about visibility. So pairing up with Molly, having these conversations, sharing ideas. Oh my gosh, the relationship is already off uh, to the running and, and so amazing. All right, Molly. So visibilityhacking.com. Um, there's so many things I want to get into with everything that you've got going on, but but tell us, just break it down. If I go to visibility hack, visibilityhacking.com, what am I going to find? You are going to find a beautiful picture of me and a button to click. And that button is going to send you, send me an email. Because that button is your way of saying, I am ready. I am done competing against the big guys in a way that wastes my money and wastes my time. I am ready to level up my business in a way that is never thought possible at this stage in your business career. But we're going to do that. We're going to fast track you. It's kind of like maybe not a stairway to heaven, but like a teleportation station. You're going to go way faster, way further than you ever thought possible. And just imagine what can happen on the other side of that. So visibilityhacking.com, just click the button. Call, oh contact gosh. me. You're, you're speaking to speaking to my journey. Like that's <laughs> that's why we started what we're doing, because we found out very quickly, and this is like a huge pet peeve of mine. So I'm gonna rant for a second. When you get into somebody's thing. They instantly sell you into something else, yeah. like right away. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And then when they do it a third time, you're like, hey, I got a question. I got yeah. a question. <laughs> like, what? how am I moving forward except yeah. paying you, right? Yeah. And so we're like, what if we can just package everything? Because we are fulfillment. We are the yeah. fulfillment house. Package everything in a really small price and just make sure people can do what we say that they can do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's something that we try to do and we try to come and lead from the heart and all of those things. So I love that piece. I want to ask a little bit about what made you go down that path? Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh, well, okay. So uh -huh. I tell you about my little, my little businesses. Right. And it's, so we go back to that business of me and my dorm room, right? My, my tiny little dorm room, my, my little fridge beside me, my computer and my, my books just piled everywhere. And once a week I would push those books to the side and I would pull out my button maker and I'd sit there and I make one button at a time. I would literally cut them out by hand. And I was looking around at like other online vendors. Right. And I was seeing like, what, what do they have that I don't have just from the surface level? I clearly can't pay $10,000 for an automatic button machine right now. And even if I could, I definitely don't have enough space. I, I, I have second semester coming up. Mm -hmm. So what I decided to do is I looked at what they had on the surface. I looked at what, what that instant reaction was when I showed up on their sites. 
for years I've been a debater and I've been a public speaker. So I know the importance of the of a first impression. And when it how do you transfer those skills into the digital world? And so that's a lot of what visibility hacking is. It's understanding how do we take those those body language cues? How do we take those psychological cues that are so important face to face and how do we transfer them into the digital world? Some of them are direct transfers. Some of them require a little finesse. And in some cases, we have tools at our fingertips in the digital world that we never had possible face to face. So when someone checks out your website, you have less than four seconds to not only wow them, but build trust with them. So I was like, all right, well, if I have a snazzy enough website, little dorm room Molly will be able to compete with the big boys. Okay, so I, I fix my website. I make it look really awesome. It's targeted really nicely. Great photos, products, testimonials, the whole deal. And then I went a little bit deeper. I was like, okay, what else do I need to compete? Well, I need to have messaging that speaks to my people. Well, I'm still in school. I'm literally in these clubs so I can actually just ask my people. And this was long before I knew about email ask campaigns or follow-up <laughs> funnels or, or funnels to begin with. It was simply looking at my community and saying, hey, how can I help you? Or, hey, what problem am I, am I solving for you? Can you explain that in your own words for me? Or how did this help your club increase visibility or increase the money that you made at that charity event or whatever? And then you take those, those actual words that come out of your customers' mouths and you start using those. And that was the secret that I was now doing that the big guys weren't. They were, they were making it look fancy and making it look like they had a, this big established thing. They're showing you pictures of their fancy presses and all of that. But what they're not showing you is literally how these tiny little buttons are changing people's lives. These tiny little buttons raised half a million dollars for the women's shelter. These tiny little buttons sent 500 inner city kids to camp for the first time. The, understanding how not only is your visual presence, how you show up online important, but it's understanding that message behind it. And I was like, whoa, that is the secret. Like I get chills just thinking about that moment and understanding when you build your business or you build your movement with the purpose of trying to change the world, you actually can. You literally can change the world. You just have to be able to market it and message it properly and find the way to share those stories with the world. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good that like if all entrepreneurs online or offline led with that kind of thought and mentality, it would be a, a different world. And so, and, and I do, I, I want to touch on, on the, the other side of that because I know you've had a one or two experiences that were less than positive. And, and I, I want to know, like, how do you get through them? How, when you get scammed, when you have a guru who is, a guru, not that's not a guru, right? When you have an expert that Ron was talking about is like sells you one thing, and then li literally before you've had a chance to open it, you've already been sold on the num the next thing. When when you have all the negative side that is in this online space that give the online space a bad rep, 
Like, how do you push through that? How do you keep people's viewpoints in a positive light? Like, how do you help them see that, you know, we are all not leading from that path and we are in fact 100% against that. Like, how do you, A, what, what was some of the issues that happened? And then B, how do you get through that? All right, I'll tell the story. <laughs> so recently, um, I'll try and say tell it as quickly as I can. But recently, I was contacted, someone slid into my DMs per se. And they started out by telling me how great I was doing and how they were seeing my stuff everywhere. And I was just kind of blowing up. And it was fabulous, fabulous things that this person was saying to me. And what made it feel even better was that this person has status in this world. This person is doing well, at least on the outside. I don't know what's going on on the inside or behind the scenes, but so I'm, I'm at first I'm super flattered and it so quickly turned into a sales pitch. Easy to recognize if you've been through a few of them. So I politely declined and then I politely declined again. And then the third time I made it a little bit better known that I don't cheat on my coaches. That's just the way that I work. So I, I tried to make sure that I'm laying down the facts. This is how I work, but also letting this person understand that that's how I work. That's my personality. So if you're ever going to hand your money over to anybody, don't do, don't just hand over your money because you think that they're doing a great job or you think that they're like top in their field or whatever. If you don't have that emotional connection to them, if you don't feel like you can trust them, if you don't feel like they're listening to you, then that's a red flag or maybe two. Like, so I definitely had those red flags going up. Definitely didn't like this person. And then it got worse. Then they decided that, okay, they're going to figure out who my coach is. And then they're just going to talk total trash about this person. They're going to say horrible things. This person's a fake. You'll never get anywhere with this person. They don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? Because I've been with this coach for three weeks and my business has boomed more than it has in the last 10 years. Yeah, I am satisfied with my coach and we're just getting started. And then again, more things about now, instead of trash talking my coach, I'm being trash talked. I'm never going to get anywhere. My business ideas are crap. My, I have zero status. Nobody knows who I am. And the people who know who I am are talking about me behind my back. It's like, oh, well, you know what? I don't care what people have to say about me. If my name is in somebody's mouth, I'm doing something right. <laughs> right. So that's how I took it. I, I knew instantly I had two choices. I could either let that be a burden on me, let that be a reflection of, of the effort that I've been putting into my businesses and my movements and my people and my community. And as I'm thinking that, I'm like, wait, my community, I have other people who are there for me. I have other people who believe in the movement that I'm making. And okay, yeah, if you're listening at home and maybe you feel like you're down here and, and everyone else you're comparing yourself is up here on the top of this mountain. But yeah, I was down at the bottom too once. I'm not up at the top of the mountain. I'm somewhere in between. But every day I take a step forward. And so as I'm thinking about my own movement towards my own goals, I'm like, eh, you guy over there, I don't need you. And I turn to my community and I turn to the people in my program and I'm like, hey guys, this is what happened. 
This, I shared this story and I'm so glad I did because it not only reminded me that my people are there for me, they supported me. The amazing comments that people were writing about it, the amazing people sharing how they've been scammed in the past as well, how people have looked down on them. And, and as a woman, how many other women stood up and spoke out about how they felt uncomfortable or made to feel uncomfortable? And I was like, wow. So my initial feeling of safety came from thinking about my community but it grew even more. My understanding of who my community was, I'm getting chills just thinking about yeah. this, understanding that because I decided to share something that was difficult for me, to share my own vulnerability, it opened space and gave other people permission to share as well. And that validated these experiences. And it's because of those feelings, I call this feelings of dis-ease or discomfort. Whenever we feel those feelings that make us feel like, why is it like this? Why does it have to be like this? Why is this system built this way? Why, why does it get me down? And you can say that on, on all different levels. But once you have that feeling, I consider it a, your duty to then stand up and speak out about it. Because all of these systems and all of these ways that people put power over other people they're flesh and blood humans. They, they, they're nothing better or worse than you are. You have the power to change those systems. You just have to find the courage to actually stand up and do that. So yeah, I'm glad that I <laughs> shared that story. It was fun. But now what I do is I make a point of speaking up about these things, of sharing my journey and my experiences, because every coach should have a coach, just saying that. So mm -hmm. I'm that with my people um, and then hopefully they will hear their story or they will see themselves reflected in my story and that way they know she's been scammed before I've been scammed before maybe there's something in common maybe she understands what I'm going through because because I do right. yeah no so true so true and and that is almost where Corey and I were like word for word what was it three or four months ago and we're like too many voices. Everyone's right. No one's wrong. Everyone's bad. Everyone's saying this person's awful. Let's find two people since there's two of us and let's, let's figure out how they can coach us because we also believe a coach should have a coach. Um, and it wasn't the most popular decision with a couple of people. Right. Yeah. And, and, very quickly when you said, Hey, I don't want to pay you anymore. They were not friendly with you. Yeah. Right. Like it was very, or, or if they didn't benefit from the relationship anymore, monetarily, yeah, you were irrelevant. And I was like, wow, I never want, I mean, Corey, Corey and I, we do stuff for, you know, just to help people all the time uh, because we've been on that side. Yeah. And we don't want to ever have someone say, oh, Ron and Corey, yeah, they, they treated us bad, um, you know, because that's important to us, right? Well, it's, and, it's the same like when you're when you come back to what do you actually do about it, right? When mm -hmm. when you find out that people are scamming, right? Well, mm -hmm. what we do, all three of us, what we do is we provide so much value on the front end because we've been there, because we know that 
there are, I, I like to say there's the 99% and the 1%. So the 99% are those of you guys who are just listening to all the free stuff you can gather online. You're just as hungry as you can for knowledge. And that's awesome. I've been there. I love that mm -hmm. phase. <laughs> but then, then there are those who make that step and they become the 1%, the people who, who see behind the curtain. They're the ones who have paid into these programs. And yeah, then there's a whole nother world behind the scenes. But oh, yeah. for my my trick for or what I do, and those of you at home, if you don't want to be scammed, this is try this strategy. Fall in love with someone online, right? Fall in love with all of the hindsight hacking content. Like eat it all up and then implement it. And if you can actually get a result out of what people are offering you for free, that is the first signal in my brain that says, okay, you can proceed forward. But if you can't get value, if they're just talking for the sake of talking, if people are just putting out content for the sake of content, and I've played that game before, and you can't get an actual result out of it, then maybe that person is still, I'm not saying that person's horrible. I'm just saying maybe they're on a different stage of their journey that's maybe a bit too close to where you are right now. So you yep. want to find someone who's just a couple more steps ahead of you, who's had some kind of clarity and can be able to package what they've learned in a way that helps you jump and skip steps to be where they are, rather than like, follow me along on my journey and we'll do it step by step together. Like there's merits for both. But right. if you're looking for someone to hand your credit card over to, that would be my recommendation. Look for value, implement it, and actually get a result before you do anything. Perfect. And and honestly, those of us that try to give more upfront or even even without the pay, right? Like whatever we do for free, whatever we, um, you know, all the time that we spend on that front end, it, it'll make the fulfillment side easier. It, it truly is. Like spend the time on the front end, the sales side, the give value side first. And then you don't have to sell people over and over. They just want you to give them an offer because of what you did the first place. So yeah. that's the thing. Like, again, what Ron mentioned earlier, when it's like we, you know, buy one thing and then we haven't even opened it and someone's trying to sell us again. And we're like, wait, what? Hold on. Know, we were like, did that seriously just happen? Like, what did we miss? Yeah. All the people who sell the course before they make the course and all that. Right. I mean, some of that's okay, but. But like uh, we bought one course and, and I think, I don't know. Day if it was, two? It was day two. Yeah. It was something like that. It was like, there was a, a mastermind or something like that. And, and it went from this thousand dollar offer to a $25,000 offer. I'm like, day oh. two. Day like we two. don't even know if this works yet. Come on. Like yeah. we, we haven't even got into what we're doing in what we just bought. And it's day two of this process and it, it's a $25,000 commitment. Yeah. Uh, nope. No, thanks. And then it turned us off from everything else Yeah. because they didn't spend the time to nurture where we were. And so anyway, all but right, there so is merit to like, say it's a five day mastermind, at least planting the seed on day two, that there will be an offer. True. And that way on day well, five, it doesn't feel uncomfortable. This was not that hard this pitch on day two, because you have another product you're going to sell on day three. No, this, this was this, Hey, you come on board. It's a thousand dollars. Okay. Day one, we're going to explain the thousand dollar course. We'll see you tomorrow. Awesome. Tomorrow. We just explained day one. 
and how we use day one to get you into this. Yep. Now here's day two. Boom. Offer. We're like, one, what one just year, happened? 25K. Yeah. What just happened? Uh, and, and I was so bummed out. Like I remember calling Corey and I was like, uh, I'm not really sure what to do right now because I didn't expect it. And I was like, maybe that's not what happened. Maybe that's not yeah. what happened. Right. Maybe it was just us. Not really that way. Day three, day four, special training on day like seven was all about this other offer. And we're like, oh my gosh, like what, what did we get involved? All the in? value was them pitching their thing. It was not it, it, like, anyway. That was a very orange. poor attempt at selling the thing that sells the thing. Oh yeah. yeah. It was, it was not no, attempt. no attempt. <laughs> no attempt. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's circle back to the serial podcaster because I, uh, podcasting is like my favorite thing and I'm an introvert. I don't like being on camera. Uh, lo and behold, look we are, where we are now. If you would have told me I'd have been on camera for this a year ago, I'd have told you, or I'd have laughed in your face. Like wouldn't have happened. And, but I love podcasting, every aspect of it. I listen because we edit shows and all that. I listen to a bunch of random shows that would never be in my niche. Like I would never follow it on purpose, but it's exciting when I, you know, learn new things because of these other avenues. And uh, so anyway, so I love podcasts. I have never thought it was a good idea that I should run 12 podcasts. How about you? I don't run 12 podcasts. How about you? I might be exaggerating a little bit, just four. How about you? You run, a, you run a whole bunch. How about you? <laughs> so I have um, a podcast that's a book club that Corey's been on uh, where we talk about uh, my favorite awesome, Disney by the way. <laughs> Pardon? I said, which is awesome, by the way. <laughs> and that episode came out today, by the way, if you're listening right now on Friday. Nice. I totally right. forgot about that. <laughs> so I we have need the shareables. Pardon? We need the shareable. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm great on fulfillment, I promise. <laughs> Just not for yourself. I get it. We totally Oh, we it. understand that all we're, day long. Yeah. We're better for others than we are for ourselves. So yes. So, I hired sorry, someone to do our social because I like we do other people's social media and I love social media. I just stopped doing my own. And I'm like, Corey, can you pay me to do my own social? He's like, no. I was like, damn it. Funnels. I pay him to do social. Like that's what we're going to start doing. Right. Right. Perfect. So anyway, so back to your business building book club, um, where we talk about my favorite business building books and we go, we talk about the, like we read from the book and then we talk to different entrepreneurs who are using these strategies. And that is so much fun. But my my heart and soul podcast, my very first one that I've had for a couple years now is the Lifelong Podcast, where we have more casual conversations and we talk more about, well, life, leadership and everything in between. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking a bit about um, what are we talking about? Communication strategies, conflict strategies, um, random tips on productivity and stuff like that. It's kind of a catch all. Uh, but the reason I have different podcasts is because they reach different parts of my market. So my book club, it's really neat to look and see how it's predominantly young men in certain parts of the world who listen to that podcast. 
compared to the lifelong podcast, which is predominantly women of a more older age. So it's, they're, they're different formats. They meet different parts of the market. And I, I feel like those two parts of the market wouldn't necessarily coalesce well if they were put into a singular podcast. So that's, that's my podcast story. <laughs> you know, Corey, maybe I just didn't explain it well. Maybe when I said we should have two shows, I didn't explain it well. She said a bunch of eloquent words. I did not. I just said it'd be cool to have two shows. So you said no. <laughs> maybe I needed to do this and a couple other things. So but if we'll you look back. at it, like there's a lot of YouTube channels. Like I look, I visibility hacking is about looking and seeing what other people are doing in order to yeah. show up. It's not about having all the followers. It's not about having all the engagement. It's about what are they doing that's driving people to them. And then what can we do to convert them from one form to another, from casual visitors into raving fans? So if you look at a bunch of YouTube places, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with YouTube, just saying that. I'm not as popular on YouTube as I'd like to be, but I have fans. So there's these channels that I love, and I've been watching them split into multiple channels recently because they're finding that, like uh, history and politics, for example, we'll take a channel that covers that. They've This one channel is split into more North American news and politics and history, and then more European politics and history. That way they can both meet the needs of those separate sets of demographics, but also drive traffic to each other. And therefore they're able to get pretty much twice as much ad revenue, twice as much YouTube money off of that. And from the side that I like to talk about in terms of connecting your community, they're able to then have a much wider reach to their community because their hooks are going to be different. The way that they're targeting different segments of their market is going to be different. And because they can then have two separate kind of silos that they work in, they're able to get a lot more content of, of high value out and therefore serve their community at a better, higher level. So think about it, guys. Think about I it. it. I love it. Once we get... Once we are official on our, our daily hack on this show, maybe we'll start talking about show number two, but I want to talk <laughs> about publishing yep. because publishing, uh, I mean, anybody that's read expert secrets knows that, you know, go publish hundred every day for hundred for one year and your life will be forever different. Right. And, and Ron and I, 100%, we are living examples of that. And it, our lives were changed because of this podcast and, I, you've got multiple podcasts. How, how many shows do you have? And like, just tell us what has publishing done for you and your world? So I hate to burst Russell Brunson's bubble, but if you just take the advice to publish every day, not much is going to change. It's how you're publishing and what message you're driving. Because if you don't have an objective when you turn on that camera or when you turn on your microphone or when you press record or when you start typing out your blog, you're only going to reach a very small segment of the market. And those are people who are already your friends or family. Right. If you don't have a message, something to actually get excited about. Yeah. So when I started the lifelong podcast, for example, I started it because I wanted to create a, a stage and yeah, my big goal was to make lots of money off of it and retire and live on a Caribbean island. And yeah, no. So <laughs> not the reality. Sorry, guys. So I would I would just start publishing content that I was interested in. 
okay, some people are listening, but I'm realizing it's mostly that circle of friends and family. But then once I started getting other people onto my shows, and I know you guys love to talk about joint ventures, and I love that you guys have guests on your show on a regular basis, because not only are you then able to serve your audience with the expertise from your guests, or just the reflections and experiences from your guests, but you're also then able to grow your market and grow your audience. So it's ridiculous. I know I talk about business and visibility and stuff, but my highest in the first year of my podcast, the the episode that had the most number of viewers was an interview with the guy I shared an office with at my nine to five job about something he did in school years ago. And yeah, it got like eight times as many views as I usually would get. Yeah, okay, most of them were his friends and family, but I realized that was the secret. It wasn't just sharing my message, but it was also getting these other people who can bring on even just a couple of their friends to listen. Okay, so I, I'm continuing this show and I'm continuing to produce and I'm I'm finding my voice, I'm finding my message, but it wasn't until I realized specifically what my objective was going to be specifically what visibility hacking is all about what i what makes me and my voice different than everyone else's so once you figure out that piece then your guests can connect back to that same theme then you have an episode that isn't a guest you have a topic to talk about that ties back to that theme that way everyone who joins your episode no matter if it's episode 1 or episode 500 they're all there for the same reason and you grow together, then your audience is going to grow continually rather than, oh, I have a spike because Jacob came on. Oh, I have a spike because Katie came on. And that way you're growing, growing, growing. And yeah, it's going to be slow at first, but if you have the right strategy for your podcasts, publishing becomes, for me, I went on this podcasting tour in the last couple of weeks where I'm on so many different people's shows and it gave me the opportunity to fine tune that message sharing on my channel every day gives me the opportunity to fine tune my message. And that way, when I start throwing money behind my message on paid ads and, tr and driving traffic in that respect, well, I'm not wasting money on, on testing hooks anymore. I've tested them out. I know what works. I know what's going to draw people's attention and I've done that for free. So it saves you money in the end too. Yeah. Oh, but I, I'm, I'm, let's say a quarter of the way to my tropical Island dream. <laughs> Nice. About five more podcasts. <laughs> I told you. Yes, there is 12 podcasts. It's multiple podcasts. magic number. It's what we need. We need 11 more shows. That's all, we need. <laughs> all right. So I, I'm going to ask a question from the actual audience, actually. So this is from Vamsi. Are you ready? This is a tough one. So I, I can't even take credit for, for the question because I, I wanted to ask it, but I was like, Ah, I got to give him credit because it's a great question. All right, ready? What kind of legacy do you want to leave behind when you decide to retire? Sounds like someone who's listened to my show before, just saying. Um, I always ask my guests, what do you want? Uh, what is your legacy? And what if people start doing what you do now, what is the world going to be like in 100 years? So for me, Ooh. I want to see... Okay, I'm obsessed with LeBron James. I think he is one of the coolest people in the world. And it's because he put his money where his mouth is. 
And that's the kind of legacy I want to have. So he start, yeah, he's known for being a basketball player. He makes all of his money from basketball stuff, but the way that he's actually leaving a legacy is by building this incredible school that has a completely different way of teaching their community members. They focus not only on the students in the classroom, but they focus on creating resources that are going to support those parents of those kids. They look at the child's life holistically. They provide food, breakfast, and lunch programs. They provide job search programs for the parents. They provide childcare. They provide clothing. They provide everything so that these kids can raise up from the situations that they find themselves in. That's what I want to do for people. Because I believe that if we really want to change the world, drastically change the world, the way that we do that is by inspiring more people to speak up and share their messages. So maybe you're working in a corporation and you're like, ah, oh, Molly, I work in a nine to five. I can't really share my visionary ideas. BS. Yes, you can. Just because you don't feel like you're an entrepreneur, just like you don't feel like you want to reach out and, and break out and start your own thing, you can still take that feeling of, of wanting to change the world and put it into your corporation and put it into your teams and your organizations that you work in. We call that intrapreneurial skills, looking for ways to think differently, to speak up and to challenge systems of authority. If that system of authority and power is the way that your website looks, or it's the way that your customer experiences your product in the digital space, or just looking at the fact that you can build your business online instead of having to have all of that backed capital and whatever and loans and, and, and paying rent at a brick and mortar and all of that stuff, there's freedom when we step up and we build businesses and movements like this. To me, uh, honestly, like, I'm going to try and not cry, but I think about the whole, there's this giant generation out there who are not only responsible for their own income and supporting their, their spouse or, or supporting that, that family unit. They have kids then to support and they have parents that they're taking care of. So uh, look, I look at my friends who have kids right now and some of them, their kids are in school one day of the week and then they're home the next day. And how is someone with a regular job supposed to support their family in that way? So freedom to me, changing the world looks like giving freedom to those parents, to those people to be able to say, yeah, I can make money. I can support us. I can pay the rent. I can pay the bills. I can put food on the table. But most importantly, I can show up to every single one of my daughter's dance routines. I can show up to every single medical appointment my mom needs me to go to. I can show up to every single moment that is important to me. That way, not only are we changing the systems by building businesses and coming up with better solutions, but we're building stronger families, stronger communities, and deeper connections between us people. We're using technology to bring us closer rather than allowing us allowing it to pull us apart. That's my legacy. I have ah. to hold it, hold it. I, drop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't drop it because it might it break something. So, <laughs> so a couple of things on that. First, uh, Ron, did I tell you uh, that Molly would be an amazing guest? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I got that. Uh, two, uh, you have a new follower. Bamsi is officially hooked from uh, that. And then, and then three, 
it's funny this this whole thing like ron and i went through that process of being in a nine to five and and when we connected we we're like okay we can do something together and we started building and lo and behold here's we here we are today but at funnel hacking live we heard and saw the two purple heart or whatever that award is we walked away from that time going this is this is our goal that's our goal this is where we go that like a two comma club will happen but the two the purple heart or two heart or i forget exactly exactly what it is and and so that like that is where we are going to start pushing and because the other stuff will happen if we serve from that mentality and so that's how you leave a legacy too it's it's just incredible love love that answer but all right molly I got to ask one question. Uh, it's I, I get to ask every single guest we have on because our show is all about uh, helping everyone gain clear foresight by our guests and ours hindsight. So knowing that hindsight's twenty twenty, if you could go back to a younger version, a younger Molly, what advice would you give, and when would you go back to? <laughs> okay. Um... I would go back to Molly uh, having just graduated university. Yeah, just graduated university. Um, I, oh God, this is embarrassing. Okay. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> I, I hung out with people who I thought were cool, right? Uh, let's, yeah. let's talk about visibility. So I yeah. saw these, my friends as being really cool on the outside. They were dancers. They were, they were, they stayed up late. They were DJs. They, they knew really cool music and played st cool stuff on the guitar. Like they were living the life. Right. So I was like, I'm going to listen to my friends. And then my friends, this one friend in particular got into business and I was like, that's really cool. I want to get into business again, still only looking at the surface. So I would go back to the moment that I'm literally standing in the alley outside of his shop and I would tap myself on the shoulder and say, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm from the future. Even just three months in the future, his business isn't around anymore. And why? Because the advice he gave me, I didn't actually ever take it to heart, thank goodness, but he gave me the worst advice ever when it comes to business. He had a, I wish I could tell you guys what he was doing in his business because it was really cool. And I wish like I owned the rights to his business because I could do it so much better right, right now. Right, right. But, but his advice was, hey, Molly, here's how you run a business. I love his voice. <laughs> <laughs> First, you think of a name and a logo. Then... You go to the bank and you get a business credit card or a line of credit. And then you go to the Apple store and you buy all of the technology you could dream of. I was like, okay, we're literally walking to the Apple store as we're doing this with his business credit card in hand. Okay. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm trying to be a little bit more strategic in my head. I'm like, okay, well, what actually would I need to build a business. Well, I'd need a computer and, and here's a couple accessories. He's like, no, 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 you need to get this new flashy thing and you need this new thing and you need a whole brand new this and it'll be like 50 grand, but you can, you can put it on a credit card. I was like, oh, okay. So we're carrying like 20 grand worth of computer equipment now on the subway all the way back down to his garage shop where he then goes, Okay, well, you want to know the rest of how to run a business? 
I was like, yes, please. Because there's some part of business in my head that's connected to making money. I'm, I still haven't figured out where that is in the plan. And then he goes, you set up your computer equipment, you put, you get a really nice spot so you can enjoy the view. And then you figure out what your business is going to be. What? Are you kidding me? You ask for money and then you figure it out. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, his business is definitely not running anymore. Um, totally pivoted. But um, yeah, I would tap myself on the shoulder and be like, girl, don't do it. It's oh not worth it. Gosh. Not worth oh, it. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that is, that's scary advice. Holy smokes. Hey, I used to, I to own a couple year. restaurants too, so never did that. <laughs> we spent a year trying to figure things out before $1 was spent. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely did the, that middle ground where I, I purchased some things, um, but it was things that I could multi-purpose. So I wouldn't buy the fanciest video camera. Instead, I bought a camera that could also be used in different ways. So I could kind of make money off of it in, in other ways while I was building the big movement. But it, guys, it's about hard work. It's about listening to your people. It's about stepping off of your high horse and tuning down your ego. That is the secret to business. 100%. Got to stay humble. Yeah. Got to stay humble. And you can't forget, like, it, it's funny because even when I was a boss of it, of it, leaders, yeah, uh, I, I never acted like the boss. Like, because they all have very specific skills that I hired them to do that they are the subject matter experts on. So why just because I'm their boss, should I tell them how they should do the skills that they know how to do that? I hired them to go do. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think of when you have a team, instead of thinking of it as a hierarchy or as a triangle or as a floating matrix, think of it as a circle, crazy idea. I but think of it as a cog. Everyone is a different spot. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love her. And together, <laughs> a circle is way stronger than any other shape, right? Like think about physics class. If you press on one side of a circle, it's going to evenly distribute that that weight or that that force around the circle. It's going to be a lot stronger than a triangle or a ladder or anything like that. But most importantly, you have to look when you have a circle. You have everyone shares a different perspective on the same situation, the same problem, the same objective. And that single objective in the center should be your customer's experience. So I, I come from the world of teaching and summer camp and things like that, where I don't care if you are my volunteer, if you are my first year counselor, or if you've been a camp director for 15 years, everyone is part of that circle. And our kids and our campers are at the center. We want them to have the best experience possible. They don't care what your title is. They care about the outcome. Yep. And if we can think about the way that we allow our customers to have their experience or we mold that customer experience, if we think of it like our customers are children, they don't have biases, they don't have preconceived ideas of, of how things should work. If we can then blow their minds, we can set the stage for them, And we, but we have to be focused on them at the center. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Back to 
them being that's back to them being like the, on the sales side, whether it's the kid, the camper, right? You're focused on the fulfillment. You're focused on the beginning piece because then the the, the rest of it uh, is easy and they love you for it. Uh, so I'm going to ask you one last question before I let Ron talk again. Uh, if you were to leave here today and you wanted every person that hears this episode now and in the future to remember or gain one thing, what would it be? One thing. Oh man. One. I haven't figured it out. I like to talk a lot. I like multiple, <laughs> I like lists. Oh, one thing. Get to no matter how small you think you are, no matter how low on the totem pole or or how early you are in your journey and how high your dreams might be. Stop comparing yourselves to the people at the top of the mountain. And instead, look at your feet. I used to teach rock climbing and people would get so nervous. They were either too afraid to look up or they were too afraid to look down. And my instinct, my, my, what I would always tell them is to look as far as your hands will reach and as far as your toes will touch. Because that's all you have control over. So if you can reach this high, that's all you need to reach. That's all you need to look. Beyond that is an awesome view. It's an awesome challenge. We will get there in a couple steps. But if you want to make movement, if you want to move towards those dreams, it's one step at a time. So work within what you have the power to control and relax about the things you, that are out of your control. Oh, my gosh. So many things that I have to talk about. Darn I think your mic's going to be broken. We've dropped it so many times. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> still working? Um, still on. Okay. So. No no new mic in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's but why I you need another podcast. Show, <laughs> if I dropped it on the show, it should be covered. Right? <laughs> the company might pay, but it's not in the budget. <laughs> All right. So. Pick it up with the boss. <laughs> I'm sure just like Bamsi and other people, they are loving everything that you have put down and they're like, how do I get involved with Molly? Where can people find you? So if you want, if you're ready to take that leap and you're ready to dive into your business and level that up, head over to visibilityhacking.com, click that button, send me an email. But if you just want to hang out and you want to hear more about what I do, come on over to my group, facebook.com slash group slash visibility hackers. So just search in the search button, visibility hackers, and you'll see beautiful pictures of me. Um, all you have to do is apply, fill out a couple questions, mostly promise me that you're not going to be a jerk, and then come on over. I go live every single day. Um, I'm usually this animated, if not more, depends on how much coffee I've had. I need and I can vouch. I'm in the group. It's a lot of fun. Molly's awesome. And yes, Molly, you've you've been just as good on this show. And I think we might need a round two scheduled here in the very, very near future. For Absolutely. sure. For sure. After I get my new mic. <laughs> I don't want you to be allowed to use it. I'm about making momentum, taking action. <laughs> Corey, she said, get a new mic today. Uh, <laughs> bad Molly. All right. All right, Molly. So uh, I think I think you might have a special offer if, if any of our listeners happen to go somewhere. I think just head on over to my group and I'll, I'll drop some secret surprises right. in the next little bit. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. All right, everyone. 
uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash visibility hacking or visibility hacking.com. The one, the only, the incredible coach Molly will be there for you. Thank you, Molly. Thank you guys. All right. Oh my gosh, Corey. So much stuff. Yeah. Um, so do you have 12 takeaways today? You know, or just two? Funny. I was, I was writing them and then I would erase it. <laughs> and I'd write a new one and then I'd erase it. And I was like, how am I going to get it down to two? Yeah. No. Well, let's see. What do you got? That Molly's as uh, everything I advertised, I guarantee yeah. that is that, huh? Yeah. Uh, man. So good. All right. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, but before we go, one last thing, Ron's got two takeaways and who knows, maybe I'll add one if he doesn't get <laughs> grab mine. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with this one. Cause I think that I'm gonna, I mean, I got like seven, but I'm going to hit this one right out of the gate. Care more about the outcome or your customer's experience than the process, right? Awesome. Or, or, or the money that you're going to make care more about their outcome and the money will come. Right. So that that's one. Uh, let's see. No, not as cool. Uh, <laughs> I got to talk about changing the world, right? Oh, yeah. Legacies. Challenge. And you and I are living the whole, what do you do when your kids are being homeschooled and you have to make money and, 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 right? So I've said from the get-go, after COVID, the world will never be the same because people will realize they can do things that they didn't know that they can do prior to because they they had to figure it out. Yeah. Right? And it's that freedom piece that you actually have freedom to make the choices. Like I went to a funeral. I didn't have to ask anybody how to go to a funeral. I just went. It was out of town. I was gone for a couple of days. I worked there. Uh, went to a daughter's uh, dance recital because that's, I can do that. Right. Yep. I can do that now. Yep. And I've had to learn how to be that homeschool teacher, even though I never once thought I would or, or wanted to, uh, but blessed that I was able to. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I've got one takeaway because some of those are some big, big things. Uh, because if you're thinking that big, sometimes you might forget to look what's right in front of you. So if you can just have to look as far as you can reach that hand or as low as you can touch that toe. And uh, so don't get overwhelmed. Don't get stressed because just focus on that little circle to stay grounded. Uh, such wonderful tips and tricks from Coach Molly. All right, everyone. That is it for today at Hindsight Hacking. But uh, if you want more, if you need more, if you need us for anything, head on over to gethhm.com. And uh, we got a couple things going on over there. So check it out and uh, we will talk soon. Yes, guys. And thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community. 